following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. Episode number 437 uh, here on tap this time out. We thank you for uh, tuning in, downloading, streaming, however it is that you get the big, get the program. It's all back to where it's supposed to be, almost. <laughs> almost. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Coming out of that uh, that summer break was uh, was nice. And, you know, I tell you what, you, there's guys, I have, uh, I have colleagues in this business, of course. And we've all got the uh, the recording studio blues, it seems. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe you've heard other guys talk about it. Um, I typically don't. Sometimes I do. Um, this is one of those things. Um, studio A is uh, you know it's it's a room at, at the at the house that I share here with my wife, and uh, uh, the the thing is is that a lot of a lot of work gets done here. A lot of non-broadcast work gets done here. Yeah, I do a lot of uh, uh, I do a lot of uh, uh, voiceover work. I do uh, a lot of uh, narrative work. I do you know I do that stuff, and that's a whole other rabbit hole. I'll save for later. But <laughs> I was about to say something, and it was going to be really snarky. But <laughs> but the point being is that um, when you do this kind of stuff, you got to have a few things. Um, one of which is you got to have a fairly um, uh, a, a fairly high high gravity, for lack of a better term, a high gravity microphone. You know, one that one that sounds good. I think this one that I'm working with sounds sounds fine for what it is. It's a it's a condenser mic made by MXL for you nerds. Um, you got to have a proper computer. This one that I'm using is a is a built machine, a a, a, a bespoke machine, if you will, that I built. Uh, to handle this this type of stuff, which isn't that complicated, and then there's an interface that goes between the microphone and the computer, and that's all well and good. The problem gets down to the point where the room that you're sitting in has to be treated for sound. This room is not that room. <laughs> it's close. It's actually quite close. It could be. A, it could be a little bit more of a pro thing. Uh, I mean, it is professional. I say that. It's like there's no echo, there's no slap, there's none of that stuff. And, uh, you know, I've got treatment, you know, in, on the walls and stuff. But the one thing that becomes a bit of a pain in the butt is when you, when you, when you, when you kick on the old climate control, when you, t- <laughs> when you turn on the air conditioner, the, the, the register for this room is right behind me, which means it is nothing between, uh, between it and the microphone except me. <laughs> hey, you're not going to stop that. So, I mean, you can filter some of that out. Sometimes I do, depending on the circumstances of the room and, the circ- frankly, the circumstances of the production I'm working on. Sometimes I can get away with murder. Every once in a while, you might hear an airplane come by. I'm in the flight path of uh, Memphis International Airport, and uh, because of Memphis, it's FedEx. A lot of FedEx flights. I've gotten to be pretty good about knowing when they're when they're running their running their route, so I can I can squeeze in some production time in the midst of that. Uh, the other side of that coin is that in the winter time, it's the same thing. When it gets cold, um, you, you got to turn the heat on. And uh, at this particular point in time, where I'm recording right now, uh, the wife is not at home. 
So if she was, she would be like, "Hey, turn the air, on, turn the heat on. It's 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 cold in here." And of course, I would oblige. I'm sitting here, freezing my ninnies off. <laughs> it's not that cold. I'm just being a big wimp. It's only like fifty something outside. I don't know what it is inside the house. I got a coat on. I got my shoes on. I'm wearing socks. You know, hell, I'm wearing pants. But the point being is that you do what you can to eliminate trouble down the way in post production, and and that's what I and that's what I do. Um, so yeah, I do have a I have a radiator heater. You know, they come around on wheels. It has oil in it, and it's got a heating element. When you turn that on, it it heats up the oil in there, and it's got these fins. And you know, as air goes between them, it heats up the heats up the air. It's it takes it a minute to to heat up a room, but it does a fine enough job for me. It knocks the you know knocks the edge off for sure. And um, the only time it, the only time it makes a noise is when you hear like a slight click, click, when it kicks on or off. There's no fan, no nothing, um, which is fine because I can hear it and I can clip it right on out of there. Not a problem. So. It's almost easier to record in the wintertime than it is in the summer. And here in Memphis, it is it, the, the weather went weird. Uh, it was really nice and warm for the past several days. And then it got nippy. And it's going to get nippy in the next couple of days. And there's a decent weekend ahead, too. So, you know, back and forth you go. This way it is springtime around here. It's, it's either warm or it's not. And, of course, winter is coming. And it's, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just me complaining. That's all it is. Bitching a little bit about, you know. First world problems <laughs> it can always be worse. I could be living in a place that doesn't have heat or doesn't have air conditioning. Production-wise, it'd make my job easier, but uh, I'm not 24 hours a day on a microphone, despite what you know, what, what some people might think. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. It's not one of them deals. So, so there, right. That's not what we're talking about today. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, those of you who are longtime listeners of this program know that one of my uh, one of the things I've done in the past, I worked as a journalist. I guess I sort of still am in a way, in, in just in a different medium. I worked in television news. I was a reporter. I was an anchor. I've done some uh, radio news. Not much. I've done some. And, of course, the, the shows that I do now, which is about news, but it's more really silly and off-the-wall type of stuff, I guess. And there is this thing that I have noticed here of late that uh, you, the uh, humble consumer of said products, would probably be able to re- re- relate to. And that is um, a phenomena in journalism known as integrity. Now, a lot of you are going to go, oh, hell yeah, man. You're going to get all over it. Kind of. Okay. Kind of. I'm going to explain what all this is and where integrity fits into journalism. Uh, those of you that are study that happen, I do have some listeners that are listening uh, from you know they're they're uh, they're in they're in college they're in school, and there are a few of you that are studying broadcast journalism. I'm a school you baby. That's we're gonna we're gonna learn some shit about about that. It probably piss a few people off along the way. I guess I don't know. We'll see. We'll we'll get into it. It's it's a it's a this is a a stream of conscious consciousness stream of thought. There you go. This is all coming to you without the benefit of a script. And the reason why I can do this is because I've lived it, I've experienced it, and I have a pretty good grasp of what direction we're going to go in on this edition from Radioland as we pause. We'll get right into it after this brief break, so don't run away. 
Would you like to be $600 richer in the next 10 minutes? Then make a free phone call and switch your car insurance to AIS. We get it, car insurance is boring. We make it fast, fun, and easy. You make one call. We shop dozens of the best car insurance companies and offer you a way to save up to $600 on your car insurance. There are so many special deals and discounts. The best way to get them is to call. Based on your area, we have special discounts for military, teachers, engineers, and good students. Even discounts for low mileage and accident-free drivers. AIS has tons of ways to save you money on your car insurance. Make a free call right now to see what you qualify for. New customers who switch to AIS save an average of $600. 800-338-1092 That's 800-338-1092 There is a notion, romantic as it may be, romantic as it may be, a notion that journalism a journalist, a reporter, uh, a, a, a student of history, because you got to remember your history is written by people like journalists. You got some stuff you got to talk about, and you got to cover, and you got people that are asking questions, and it's your job to represent the general public. There are things that uh, this romantic notion would lead into, for example. I know this is going to be tough to swallow, kids, but bear with me. <laughs> a middle-of-the-road approach. There are two sides to every story. And that's the old adage, at least. The who, what, when, where, why, how, all of that is part of it. You have to have reasonable sources for whatever information that you have. And you got to have more than two. Two will get you a straight line. A third anchors it. You know, think of it that way. You, you got to have the ability to set aside your own opinion. Proper journalism. Is what, I'm, t- I'm just talking about stuff. This is the stuff that I, that I experienced. The stuff that I had learned from my days as a reporter. It's, it's not that, um, it's not that, uh, not that complicated. You report the facts. There was a fire. It occurred at this street at this particular time. The damage value was this. There were uh, no deaths. And there were X number of firefighters. That's just it. That's the basic facts. That's what we all want. That never changes over time, doesn't it? We kind of know what's going on. It was out there. Hey, there was a house fire. What the hell happened? Well, we think it. You know, you got a fire marshal. You got a, he's 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 a reliable source. You got a fire marshal, and he says, "Well, we think there uh, there was an electrical fire. Uh, there was uh, a bad toaster involved, and it looks like that's what happened. There was no arson. It was a blah blah blah, etc. Cetera, etc." Cetera. Nowadays, that a lot of that has changed, hasn't it? A lot of that has really changed because now it's like. You got all the facts in there, but now there's this notion that certain news outlets want to say, uh, they want to say something like, um, this appears to be the work of a bad economy. What? There's, There's really weird parallels that happen in here. 
Part of that romantic notion would be that old school journalist who would, you know, he's the guy with the coat over his shoulder and he's got a butt going and he's got a glass of scotch on the rocks. And, you know, he hangs out at all the dirty dive bars and he knows everybody in the city. He knows people. He talks to them. They're friends. Everybody's in everybody's Rolodex. There's investigative work and it's tough work. It's, you know, now it's just like you're, you're grabbing a shovel and you're just flinging shit around. But that's just it. That old romantic notion of a solid, hard-nosed, old-school journalist is sadly gone. It's been replaced by hot takes. It's been, you know, hot takes are when people, uh, they, they take a simple subject and they go, well, here's what I think. Dude, th- th- you would get chastised years ago uh, if on the air you, you elicited an opinion if a reporter or a news, you know, a newscaster or something like that elicited an opinion on the air or in print, well, here's, uh, I think blah, blah. nobody gives a rat's ass what you think. Your job is to deliver information. That was that was a notion that carried through till around the early 90s, I guess, probably about when the last of the great TV news people died off um, when they all left. You know, like when Tom Brokaw signed off, that was kind of the end of that. I mean, you know, there's some guys that do a pretty good job of it, I suppose. There's some semblances of it. Lester Holt's a fine broadcaster and he he does a pretty a pretty good job of it. But at the same time, there's also this kind of this weird sheen to him. Like, you know, like there's a slickness that seems to be going on. And it's not that I don't trust the guy. I do. And I trust his writing. But I don't know. I guess it's the way it looks and the way it comes across and the pacing by which this all happens. Because, you know, television news, frankly, is trying to be relevant in a digital world. Don't even get me started on the local stuff just yet. But, you know, hey. The uh, guys like Keith Morrison over at Dateline, another NBC product. Uh, Keith is great. He's a storyteller. He's not a reporter. He's a storyteller. But he does it in a way that is compelling to the audience. Is he a hard-nosed journalist? Not really. Nah. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's got some showman in him, you know. Uh, the kid's over at 2020. 60 minutes. I don't know. So 60, minute, 60 minutes used to be a, a, a little more hardcore than it is. You know, now it's salt and pepper shakers. You know, it's the seasoning. It's the, you know, human interest stuff. And it all seems to bleed together, doesn't it? It all seems to just kind of, it all flows from the same font. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem right anymore. And then, of course, you've got the major news outlets, right? Uh, the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the Foxes, all of that stuff. And it's so highly opinionated. Oh, dear God. It was... You know, you wanted to learn about what was going on in a particular situation, and what you got was what Chris Cuomo thought was going on. Okay, maybe there's some validity into understanding what one individual might have to think, but you're going to have to spend a lot of time on your own balancing all that out, and that's not that's not necessarily the case. It really shouldn't be. I know some people kind of get a kick out of you know doing that, but that that just creates a news junkie for yourself, and then all of a sudden you're in a situation where there's bias. And bias is something that old journalism would be opposed to. You just you didn't you did not show bias. It's like you just don't show your opinion. 
Nobody gives a fuck about what you think as a reporter. You don't. You don't do. You don't do a thing like at that. Okay, that that scenario we started with, the house fire, and uh, even though you're stating the obvious, nobody wants to hear it. Where you're standing there on camera, you go, "I think this is a bad thing." Well, no shit, it's a bad thing. Uh, I remember when I got my start in that end of the business, I was working for the NBC affiliate out of uh, Tupelo, Mississippi, WTVA. Um, had a ball. Had a great time over there. I still have friends over there. Uh, I miss it on occasion. It's never the same. It would never be the same. I'm sure there's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes in the way things were done. But I remember I was out doing some coverage on something. And there was an actual there there was an it was an apartment fire I think it was, and uh, one of um, one of my colleagues another reporter was there she was the first one to get there, and my pager went off I called back this is from mobile phones obviously called called back to the newsroom and they told me what was up and they wanted to know if I if me and the camera guy could head on over to this this fire and assist. You know, get some other video, maybe some other interviews if there's anybody hanging around. It was a pretty big fire, you know. And the girl that they had sent over there first, she was she was there. And when we rolled up, you know, we I saw her. She was talking to uh, uh, this guy who was sitting on the curb um, kind of across the street from where the, where the fire was burning. And I got out of the car, and the photographer I was with, he took off and started going his route, and I was just going to let her know I was there. But she was in the middle of conducting an interview with a tenant who was sitting there on this curb in his shorts and his drawers and his T-shirt. And she was kind of kind of knelt down and was talking to him. And I walked up on her as she asks the following question. How do you feel about this? That was the question she asked this guy on the, on the curb. How do you feel about this fire? And it's a trope. You hear it in, in movies all the time. You see it in film all the time. It's the worst thing you can ask somebody when you're asking about the obvious. And this guy looked up at her. And the, he he had, you know, he had red eyes. He'd been crying. He was, you know, clearly distraught. And he launched into this tirade without getting up. Just sat there staring at her and he said, "Bitch, how the fuck do you think I'm supposed to fucking feel? I've lost everything I fucking own. He went on and on and on. He used every word in the book, man. And she was a bit taken aback by that. And she uh, um, she thanked him. I don't know why. She stood up. She saw me. And she looked at me. And I said, well, I guess you could probably air some of that. She goes, I don't understand. And I said, Look, honey, you can't, you can't ask those types of questions. This, of course, this guy lost everything. This, how do you feel? Shit. Everybody knows. They, everybody can imagine that. 
They don't need to hear it like that to them. Now, maybe you ask, what, did, what all do you think you lost? You know, um, did you have a cat? Did you have a dog? Was there a kid? Was there a wife? Is there a brother? Is there, who, who's there anybody in there? You can ask that kind of stuff. How did you first learn about the fire? <coughs> Where were you when it broke out? Did it break out in your apartment? You know, you start asking those those more rel- relevant relevant questions because that's where the that's where the story is, isn't it? Nobody gives a shit about you know you know hearing somebody you know God you, you you're putting somebody through heartbreak on the air, and you're doing it intentionally. Are people going to watch that? You're damn right they are because people are people are sadistic, man. They love watching this shit. They just they love watching everything just come apart for certain people. And that's unfair and that's wrong. That's bad journalism. It's the way I feel about it. Um other people going to feel that way? Yeah, yeah, probably so. Probably so indeed. That's when things get that's when things get tricky. And that's when you've got bigger problems than just the content you're providing. The real point being, of course, is that you have to, if you're going to work in this line, you know, if you're going, if you're going, to, if you're going to get out there and you stick microphones in people's faces and you're going to get into some serious, you know, discussions about certain things, we got to remove yourself from that. And I'd like to, I'd, frankly, I'd like to see, I'd like to see that happen. I really would, uh, from from you know from the top down, uh, from uh, news anchors to uh, to the reporters, the people in the trenches as well. I think that that has to happen. Here I'm going. I think this and I think that. Well, I, I get I get a little bit more latitude because I'm not delivering proper news at this point in time. I'm delivering opinion, and an opinion can be a first person thing. I can tell you, you know, I think it sucks. Um, one one such thing that I've had issues with over the years, and I think you know a lot of people do, is watching how. And this isn't just a Memphis thing. Uh, there are problems with the way local television news outlets do their jobs. That's a thing, you know. No matter where you go, you know, if you travel, you always kick on the news when you're in the hotel rooms. Hey, let's see, let's see what's going on out there, and then you know what's happening in this great city, and you watch these stories, and you're going. Wow, there's a few reporters that are that are good, and then the rest of them are like, you know, they're bumbling. They're may maybe drunk for all you know. You know, girl's got her wig on crooked. Dude, dude doesn't have a tie on right. You know, I just you know they're just kind of sloppy, and they're just delivering this weird stuff. Now I, I get it. They have they have a time constraint they have to work with, but the writing is bad. Uh, it's lacking of information. I see it all the time here in Memphis. Good God Almighty! During the morning show, when I'm looking up, you know, different things, and I, I'm, you know, I hear about different stories and things that have happened, and I go to a television, a local television news website, a local television news website that has the story, because they want you to go there to learn more, and there's no details. It's it's like there's just there's just a few words, maybe a line or two, but nothing, and it's like wow. You've been trying to scare the shit out of me all day about a certain thing that's going on, and you got to be aware, and you got to tune in to blah 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 at ten to learn more. And you tune in, and there's nothing there. You know, it's those what they call those uh, like a honey trap. You know, they they try and goad you into paying attention to the things that are happening out there, and there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing there. By that point, you become just another number they can pump an ad to you for, and 
you know, those of you that that are in, uh, you know, I, I know most of you in this city, in the city of Memphis, that they, you know, that that are in in the in the biz. Some of y'all get it. I think you do. Some of you not so much, you know. And it's fixable. That's just it. It's not. It's not it, you know. You you can you can decide to make a change for yourself as a as a journalist. Start thinking more about the story instead of inserting yourself into it. That's a thing too, man. I'm so sick and tired of seeing reporters inserting themselves into stories. Oh, how not to get carjacked? And it's the reporter who's driving a car and they allow themselves to be carjacked by some, well, this guy's an ex-bank robber and he was a carjacked guy and this is what happened and you got to blah, blah, blah. It's about me, 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 me. Shut up. You sound like a fucking sports reporter at that point because that's all that is. But there again, news has become such this weird ethereal thing that that um, you can go anywhere to find any information at all. However accurate it may be, I mean, you're kind of on your own. You're sort of left to the wolves in that deal, <laughs> which is which is true. Um, you know, you have to you have to be. That's why we say if you if you if there's a topic you want to understand more, you get, read all the sources, read all the angles, especially all the big stuff out there, because you know the bias is where the fake news comes from, and it becomes a problem. And you really you really have to be careful um, with with a lot of that. Don't be just a number. And, you know, as far as the consumer goes, as far as, you, as far as any of you reporters or journalism students out there, you know, look at look at the way things used to be. Am I saying that it's, you know, am I, am I, uh, I know I'm sounding crusty. Is, am I, am I just being a crusty old dude about, about that? Yeah, kind of. But at the same, at the same way, the, the way, the way the, the 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 process has happened, the way things have changed, it's not good, it, and it's not this. Uh, you can't justify. You can't sit there and go, well, because of attention spans or because of, you know, this out of the other. Look, you know, television news has always been written at about a seventh grade educational level. That number has dropped dramatically. It really has because you know we're all pretty stupid, you see. <laughs> but, but the the real issue here is that you don't have to do that, you know. Um, I, I I worked a show where one of the critical, what a critical one of the criticisms that we had received was was that we moved too fast. That that we 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 worked at a pretty good clip. It was a radio show. And the response was the audience needs to think faster. That's probably not appropriate to for us to have said that, but it was said. But that's kind of the how we thought about these things and is, you know, like I said, whether or not it's correct is kind of a moot point. The because you want to feel like you can do that, but if you're if you are a reporter, if you are a journalist, if you're a writer, if you're you know a television or radio person, um, there are a few luminaries in this town that do it incredibly well, and it's best to find them and pay attention to what they will have to offer you from just just as a casual consumer of what they what they do. Um, God, the local paper here, the Commercial Appeal, that is not one of them. Sorry, fellas, it's just it it isn't. 
I talked to a, an individual who still does a little bit of work for, for the commercial appeal, and they told me, I'm going to leave him out of this because I don't want to get him in trouble, but uh, he told me that if the commercial appeal was nothing more than recipes and sports scores, they would be making all sorts of money. It's a fact. Even though it's a paper. And then they've cut down to their production to six days a week. They do not put out a Monday edition of that newspaper. Meanwhile, their direct competitor, the Daily Memphian, is uh, it's an online-only thing. They're substantially cheaper, and it's constantly updated. And it's former reporters from, from the Commercial Appeal and some new ones. And they do a fine job over there. They really do. And it's, you know, I'm, it's not a matter of me uh, showing any bias here. I'm just, I'm just showing you the, I'm just telling you the real reason why this is a thing because they, they work and it's obvious and they do a good job. So you got to find those and pay attention to what those have, what those folks have to say. It's important that you do, because if you don't, then as a reporter, you're going to be lacking. And you're just not there to be a pretty face. Good God Almighty, there were these people that got into the business because they was like because they were narcissistic. They wanted to be they wanted to be a celebrity. I want to be a local celebrity. I want to be the famous guy that's out at the street, and I'm gonna you know be the dipshit with the camera in front of me as I'm standing. It's like those idiots that you see during hurricane coverage. Oh, and they're all standing out in it like that. Like you're adding any substance to this. Look how strong the winds are blowing. Look how rainy it is. Look at the blah, 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 blah. And look how hard it, who gives a shit? It isn't, see, you're making this about you. We saw that during Hurricane Ian. And what's his nuts from the Weather Channel that always shows up with the bad weather? I can't even think of his name because he's, he's irrelevant to me. Because all I do is sit there and laugh. And I think during his Ian coverage, he got hit by some debris and got knocked on his ass. And what did I do? I laughed. I thought it was hilarious. He wasn't in it for the comedy. That's just what these people do that. You know, it's like kind of of what I said. It's not news until some dipshit with a camera shows up. Then it's news. Whether the audience pays attention to it or not, who knows? But when it comes to local television news, again, I can tell you this. It's almost irrelevant. It's because there's not that many people that really spend their time watching it. I think if it went away, there would be some questioning for about, ooh, I don't know. It wouldn't happen until like six weeks after the after that went dark. But I, I think beyond that, nobody would really give a shit. You know, there are outlets. There are, there are television stations that are experimenting with an anchorless newscast. You know what that is? This is fun. It's a bunch of reporters, and they go out and they cover all the news. And when they do their stand-ups, they're told to who to pitch it to. So it's like, you know, hey, this is Rick Treader standing outside this building fire here on uh, on Main Street. Uh, it's time to pitch it over for Jim for the weather, Jim. And then Jim is like standing on a back porch somewhere going, hey, look at the skies. It's raining and shit. Uh, let's go over to sports. Johnny. And then Johnny takes off with some sports. And, and then it goes back around. It just kind of loops around because there's no there's no anchor involved. That was a thing. They, they were doing this because... Television news anchors were making so much goddamn money, it, it became sort of cost prohibitive to do those types of shows. It really was. And now that more and more people are aging out of the demographic that watches television news, they're either dying off or they've just had their fill of it. They're doing other things. They're discovering that there's stuff to be found online, too. That's the beauty of it. So, you know, 
the integrity of journalism. You might want to look into it. And you kids that are writing, that are learning about how to do this, that are going to school for this, the first thing they're going to tell you when, when you get out of school, forget everything they taught you. Here's the AP style book. Here's Strunk and White. Read those and we'll, and we'll get busy. You know, that's all there is to it. It's not rocket science, man. You don't need to have a license to do it. All you have to do is have a brain. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Brim Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to the Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit stoptextsstoprex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. There is an old adage which once comes from the Bible. You know that book. The one that the religious people like to beat over your head even though they've never read it. Seriously, they haven't. They don't, don't, no, no, they haven't read it. It's like the Constitution. They haven't read that either, but they think somehow they belong together. But anyway, there's an adage in there. There's a line in there that says that the love of money is the root of all evil. That's the line. It's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Look around you right now. The economics of the day and age right now is displaying it in all of its technicolor glory. Because it's the greed that is shutting everything down and now you gotta figure out how to deal with that. Previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, pocketcast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program. It's uh, it's uh, autumn. Yeah, it's almost it's almost Halloween time, and uh, it'll be uh, some big fun out there for for that. Uh, don't listen to the panic. Speaking of journalism that we talked about, you remember the you know the 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 panic, the war on Halloween. You're gonna take a war on Christmas. We're gonna take away your Halloween. We're gonna scare the shit out of you because your kids are gonna be exposed to fentanyl candy. No, they're not. No, they are not. It's not gonna be a thing. Um, no. <laughs> don't 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 let these people attempt to scare you. It's not a it's not I don't know, pardon the pun, Halloween. Um you know, by by taking away your things here. Look, you have to have to have a sense of you know, we talk about this over here, you have to have a sense of reason, of reasonableness, of what makes sense to you. You know? Hey, this actually looks to be okay. This is fairly safe. Look, if you have if you're afraid of letting your kids go trick-or-treating, go with them. There's a thought. There's an idea. Have a bonding moment with your kid. 
You'll meet your neighbors. Well, there's a thought. So, yeah, you can go, hey, so you're the creepy old broad that likes to garden naked in the backyard that I watch all the time with my telescope. (laughs) No. Learn who your people are around you. Introduce your kids to the neighbors. They're going to find their their little spines anyway running around the neighborhood. Having fun. Do what you got to do. Take an active role in what it's like to be a parent. And Halloween is one of those things. It's a community-building exercise. Of course it's fun. Now, some kids don't like it because this is too spooky. There are some kids that just can't get enough of it. And there's some adults that carry it a little bit too far. I totally get it. But let's not let the, you know, oh, there's going to be drugs in your kid's candy bag. Tune in tonight at 10 before you blah, blah, blah. (laughs) We used to do these things. I'm going to tell you this real quick story. We used to do these things that uh, there were these, what they call an interstitial thing. And it was like a five second thing. I may have told this story before that we would record after the six o'clock news. Right. And it was like, um, don't have that glass of water until you tune in tonight at 10 and find out why, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And every once in a while, you know, they would give us like two or three. And we would just, you know, we would we would record, and they would run them throughout, you know, primetime programming, and it would come out of a commercial break with this this sort of thing, you know. Is that Carfax report worth it? Tune in tonight for Consumer Reports at ten, you know, that kind of thing. And just to have some fun, I would do things like, I'm not wearing any pants. I'll prove it tonight at ten, you know, that kind of thing. And it would wind up on a blooper reel, and around the holidays, we'd have some fun with it, and whatnot. And then there's the famous incident of the man. The weatherman, because he would do one as well. <laughs> You're gonna need an umbrella this week. We'll find out tonight at ten. You know that kind of. It's always a tease. You got a promo. You got in there short. And uh, so this guy says, uh, "Rains like an old whore, just keeps on a coming." I'll tell you about it tonight at ten. And when that stuff had happened, <laughs> they. Most of the directors would just mark it as what they call a bust, and they would move it on, and it would get saved somewhere else. But that one. No one was paying attention, and guess what happened? It aired. It aired. Oh, my God, that meteorologist got, he got, oh, he had to go on and issue this massive apology. Um, He was suspended for like two weeks without pay. Oh, it was a big, big deal. And you know what really ultimately happened? The audience, they weren't offended. They, They thought it was hilarious. And guess what happened? Our numbers went up. It's funny how these things work. I know it's, but that's, you know, nevertheless, that's what it is. Be careful what you ingest, my friends. Take your content with loads of salt. (laughs) This is the way it is. So there you go. That's it for me. I'm done. I'm out of here. You heard what's coming up next time. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. And for God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar. And this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.